Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions while he gave me the teachings I share here. Most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidananda Murtaye Nishprapanjaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kayaika Dehaya Namaste Eta Veja Gata Meva Samsara Nava Setave Prabhave Sarva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshvara Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self. Your own self, your own beingness, your own existence, Shiva the one reality being you, being all and beyond all. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha. Your blissful journey through the world. In your life, You have had so many blissful experiences. You have had so much happiness in your life. You have had great experiences, some shared with other people, as well as great experiences alone. And great food, some on special occasions or maybe every day. You've been to wonderful places and you've done wonderful things. Your journey through this world is amazingly blissful. 
Now, this is not true for everyone, but it is true for you. I know it's true because you've come here. Those who experience little bliss in life simply don't come to a teacher looking to dive deeper within. They keep trying to get things right in the world. But you've figured it out. Even when everything goes right, it's not enough. You want more. You want the bliss that rages continually, as my Baba described it. The ever-arising inner bliss of consciousness. It is your nature to experience bliss. When you're in bliss, you say, yeah, I'm in bliss, of course. It's like saying, I have feet, of course. And when you're not in bliss, you whine endlessly. And instead of using your intelligence to get back to the inner bliss that rages continually, oh dear, you use your intelligence to remember all the pains in your life, perpetuating them, even re-enlivening them, even empowering them more. Is this intelligent? My first steps into personal growth processes were in psychology in the 1960s with the early days of humanistic psychology. I remember in a weekend encounter group, anyone remember these along with me? Hmm. When I realized I'd had happy experiences as a child, I was rather shocked, for I had invested decades in remembering and reanimating the worst moments of my childhood years. I had built them up by repeated review and by the telling and the retelling of my stories to anyone who would listen. Perpetuate the misery, right? In that moment, in that weekend, in that realization that I'd had happy experiences in my childhood, my whole fabricated story of my terrible life shattered into pieces. I remembered beautiful moments, some of the tender and loving moments, some of the nurturing and nourishing experiences of my early life. Bottom line, my childhood was a mixed bag. Yes, some painful things happened. Yes, some pleasurable things happened. Yes, I learned more from the pain than from the pleasure, duh. <laughs> and now what? That was the question I was left with. Now what? How do I want to use my mind and memory now? Then I found my Baba. He shed a whole new light on it. He said that this yoga, this spiritual discipline, enables you to make the journey through the world with supreme bliss. You can make your journey through the world be one of supreme bliss. This was a whole new ballgame for me. I'd been seeking pleasure and running away from pain, but he promised bliss. What a difference! 
The sage Patanjali divides all your experiences into only two categories, painful and neutral. Vrittaya Panchataya Klishta Klishtaha, Sutra 1.5 from Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. The mind's five activities are either painful or not painful. Klishta, a klishta. Painful or not painful. Klishta means painful or distressed, even tortured and tormented. A klishta places a short a, a, in front of the word klishta, thus negating the meaning of the word. So a klishta means not tortured, not tormented, not distressed, and not in pain. Well, that's certainly better than being in pain. But aklishta doesn't mean bliss. It doesn't even mean pleasure. It means neutral. Like when I walked out to the car yesterday evening and discovered it was raining. My response was, okay, it's raining. And I kept walking. I was neither made happy nor sad by the rain. I was not tortured by it. I noticed it. I even adapted to it by bringing a head covering, and I kept on keeping on. Neutral. So all the experiences of your life are either painful or neutral, the sage tells us. That's it? Painful or neutral? Ah, what happened to pleasure? Where is it on the list? Here's how it works, the sages tell us. Pleasure always leads to pain. Thus, pleasure is lumped into the first category, klishta, painful. It's easy to see how overindulgence in pleasure leads to pain. You already know this. But the pursuit of pleasure disturbs your mind making it impossible to look deeper within, impossible to access the bliss of consciousness. And the point is to be based deeper within, to live in the bliss that rages continually. This is how your journey through life will be a blissful journey, that you're saturated with the inner arising of consciousness all the time. Then whatever you do, Whomever you do it with, and wherever you go, you bring your bliss with you. You even share it with others, for the inner source is inexhaustible. I'm trying to clarify for you the difference between bliss and pleasure. Please notice that I didn't title this discourse, Your Pleasurable Journey Through the World. My title is Your Blissful Journey Through the World. This means that bliss is different than pleasure. Neutral experiences are more likely to lead you to bliss than pleasure can ever do. Because neutral experiences don't churn your mind. For this, the metaphor of a lake works well. When the surface of the lake is churned up, maybe the wind blowing across, you cannot see into the deeper waters. Your mind needs to settle 
like the ripples on the lake, settle, and you can see deeper within. This is ultimately the point of yoga, even the point of life. You are made of divine consciousness. You are a multidimensional form of the formless. You are Shiva in an individual form called Jiva, the individual who doesn't know they are Shiva. Yet you are already Shiva. Now the interesting part of this is since you're already Shiva, that means Shiva is being you. You don't know that you're Shiva, yet Shiva, who's being you, knows that he's Shiva. I'll repeat that. You don't know that you're Shiva, yet Shiva, while being you, knows that he's Shiva. So the knowing is there, inside, just waiting for you to delve deeper. This is why your experience of the world is ultimately not satisfying. No matter what you attain, if the world was truly satisfying, you wouldn't look deeper. You'd be like the lotus eaters in Odysseus, obsessing on pleasures that will kill you. However, your journey through this world has been and is more blissful than you've allowed yourself to acknowledge. Your mind loves to obsess on the negative. If I took a whiteboard and put a black dot on it, you wouldn't see all the white. You'd obsess on the dot. Your mind loves constriction, negativity, fear, blame, and guilt. Your mind loves to cut you down to size. If you decide to use your mind differently, let's say you decide to remember the best experiences of your life, you'll discover something interesting. Your mind is incapable of thinking of happy experiences. It can rant all day and night about unhappy experiences, but when you bring a happy experience to mind and you stick with it, because your mind will want to bounce off, when you bring a happy experience to mind and you stick with it, something interesting happens. Let's say you remember a special birthday or a beautiful sunrise, or a special time with a special person. For me, it was a special darshan that I had sitting at my Baba's feet while he wrapped a turban around his head. I sat there as he wrapped the long cloth round and round and round, and then he tucked the end in with a flare. I could have sat there forever. I am sitting there still. When your mind replays a happy moment from your life, your mind stops. Just like me sitting at my Baba's feet, sitting there still. There's nowhere else to go. That's because... When your mind stops, the bliss of consciousness arises within. 
Most of you allow only a brief inner surge, and then your mind starts up again, turning to some problem or complaint. But that inner surge is a hint of the true depth and extent of the bliss that rages continually. Yoga says, stay with it. Dive deeper. Plumb the depths of your own inner infinity. Yoga is about discovering the who that you are. Who you are beyond your mind, beyond your stories, beyond your reactions and desires. There is more to you, so much more. Oh, Shiva. So how do you find out who you really are? My Baba explained, speaking of the 8,400,000 types of creatures in the world, he said, each creature becomes stiff with ego, forgets its own divine self, and suffers. Through the wisdom of the masters, a person regains his knowledge of the self and becomes the embodiment of supreme bliss. It means you need help. You've needed help for everything else you've done. You needed help learning how to walk, learning how to bathe, learning how to feed yourself properly, learning how to drive, learning how to do the work that you do. So you need help finding your own self, your own divine essence. That help can only come from one who knows. Someone who doesn't know their own self cannot give you your own self. Thus, you eventually find your way to a knower, one who lives in the knowing of their own being, the blissful knowing of their own divine essence. The specialty of this tradition is that the guru does not merely tell you about what you will find inside. They awaken you to the inner experience. This is Shaktipat, the inner awakening to the experience of your inherent divinity. This is what I got from my Baba. I got Shaktipat from Baba. And then I steeped myself in his teachings so I could understand what happened to me. Simply sitting in his presence, as well as listening to his teachings and stories, chanting with him, and meditating with him. His state was totally contagious. I caught the germs. I made sure I did. I placed myself where I would be exposed again and again every day for years on end. It is a most beneficial infection, infected by the bliss of consciousness, given not by injection, but by grace. I wrote in my teachings article this month, bliss can be a continuing inner experience. It should be. That's yoga in a nutshell. If you're not in bliss all the time, you're not doing enough yoga. Anytime that you notice you're not in bliss, you can take a yogic breath or stand in a yogic posture or apply your mind to mantra or any number of other quick fixes. 
and you'll get settled right back into your own being again. Don't wander too far away from your own self. Stay close, just like you do with someone you love. Stay close to your own self. In the beginning, this takes some attentiveness. It takes some effort. It's a learning process. But, you know, if you're not learning something new, then what are you doing with your mind? Same old, same old? Really? That's working for you? So in the beginning, you have to catch yourself when you groove into old patterns. Even the old patterns are a type of mental effort. It's just a familiar effort, so you think of it as easy. But the pain you create for yourself with these familiar patterns, that pain is not easy at all. So instead, apply your mind to the self. Your most powerful tool is mantra, where you're honoring your own self using the ancient language of yoga Sanskrit. This mystical phase has been infused with the grace of the gurus through untold generations. And it's totally accessible to you any time, day or night. It's only a thought away. Bottom line, do you want to be spending your mental energy reviewing and re-enlivening your pains? Or do you want to apply your mental energy to discovering who you are and what you are made of, oh Shiva? Thus, in the beginning, it takes some effort. But it gets easier as you persist. It even becomes a new habit. It only takes three days to create a habit. If you apply your mind to mantra for three days, you'll crave it on the fourth. What happens is you create new grooves in there, bliss grooves, consciousness grooves. Your mind follows the new pattern you're installing so lovingly. And then you get beyond your mind. The mantra gives you what it names, Shivaya. Shiva within you, being you, your own Shivaness. Based in your own Shivaness, you continue your journey through this world, but it is now a blissful journey. It is bliss-filled because you are bliss-filled. You are based in your own beingness. You know your own shivaness. It's not a thought anymore. It's a knowing. It doesn't take effort anymore. What is that like? Let's return to Baba for a description of this state. A realized yogi assimilates this intense bliss by remaining in the Turiya state all the time. He himself becomes that bliss. Again, a realized yogi assimilates this intense bliss by remaining in the Turiya state all the time. He himself becomes that 
bliss. Turiya names the fourth state, deeper than thought, dream, or sleep. These three are the superficial states of mind, like waves marching across the ocean. In thinking, the waves are frequent, almost constant. In dreams, they are chaotic and disorganized. In sleep, the waves are tame, barely rising and falling. Yet all the while, the deeper level of the ocean is there. Captivated by the waves in your mind, you think, I am my mind. I am the waves. No. You are the whole ocean. That includes the waves and more. As the ocean of consciousness, you have waves. You don't become the waves. I grew up in the ocean waves, a Southern California girl. I always loved to swim out to the break and then watch the waves from underneath. That's what Turiya is like, that you get under your mind. You sink deeper in and float in the gravityless expanse within. Turiya means fourth, coming from the Sanskrit word chatur, four. The Shiva Sutras point you into this deeper dimensionality, saying Turiya is always there. Base yourself in this deeper dimensionality of your own beingness. This is what Baba is saying. I'll read his line again. A realized yogi assimilates this intense bliss by remaining in the Turiya state all the time. He himself becomes that bliss. You're probably quite familiar with Turiya as you experience it when you're between any two of the other three states. When you wake up in the morning, but you don't get out of bed right away, and you drift back in, you know the feeling? Not awake, not asleep, just sort of in between. That's Turiya. Blissful. It happens when you fall asleep, too, coasting the edge of unconsciousness, settling within, but not yet passing out. It's a sweet interlude. Actually, a profound experience of the consciousness that you are. Unfortunately, if you are horizontal, it doesn't last long as you drift into dreams or sleep. You have to sit up. When you sit up, you can coast the edge of consciousness instead of coasting the edge of unconsciousness. And that is a different Sanskrit term, vyutana. The same zone is available to you in a more conscious way at the end of your meditation period. Please do notice that I never tell you to come out of meditation. 
Instead, I talk you through a process of assimilating into it, basing yourself in self, while you include the external world in your awareness. In the Pratyabhinya Hridayam, Kshemarajan names the Vyutana as an ultimate practice. At the end of your meditation, linger within, reminding yourself that you are consciousness itself. It's the liminal zone, a threshold zone, where you haven't yet lost your own self, yet you're being aware of the world, inside and outside, outside and inside, all at the same time. And in that sweet space between, remind yourself that you are the self. This is why I remind you to repeat mantra while lingering in the Vyutana, that threshold zone at the end of your meditation period, honoring Nama, your own self, Shivaya. This is how you make your journey through life be a blissful journey, based in the inner bliss of your own beingness. You incorporate all the world into your awareness, inside and outside, outside and inside, all at the same time. From your first Shavasana and then your first Swarupa Yoga class, I've been training you to live in consciousness. The point is to live in the knowing of your own beingness, O Shiva, while you are engaged in the world which is also Shiva. Shiva, meeting Shiva in every encounter, in every moment, so the bliss rages continually. All you need is to know your own self. And your journey through this world will be your blissful journey through the world. This is yoga's promise. Om Swarupa Swaswabhava Namo Namaha.